episode of our Making History Parenting Podcast, where we want to help make... <clears throat> Chase, remember, we changed things up this time. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Let me start over. All right, here we go. Welcome to our Making History Parenting Podcast Christmas Kids Edition, where your family ministry team will be sharing the Christmas story in a fun, creative way to make the most of your Christmas season and help your kids understand the true meaning of Christmas. And this is the Christmas story. Thanks, Chase. So podcasting has really become a fun medium for people to communicate messages, conduct interviews, offer instructions, and even do fun investigative reporting. There are so many types of podcasts to listen to, and this year for Christmas, we thought it would be fun to create one that families can listen to that tells the Christmas story. And what better way to do that than with some very special guests? My name's Kinley, and I'm the Kids Pastor, and I'm joined today by a couple of folks who really need no introduction, and I'm so excited. We all started at Rolling Hills at the same time, first as interns and residents, and then we became pastors. Here with me is Anna Townsend, our preschool pastor at Rolling Hills. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I added some fun hype music, Anna. Oh, wow. Kind of scared me at first. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas to all my amazing preschoolers and to all the moms and dads and grandparents and special friends listening. I'm so happy to be here. And my dear friend, middle school pastor, Jen Hendricks. Actually, she's still on maternity leave. Oh, right. Sweet baby Penny. She is so cute. I know, right? Well, that's okay. We'll miss her, but we can totally rock this Christmas story, just the two of us, right? Actually, she's hired a fill-in. Not sure who it is. I think they're supposed to be here now or soon. I don't know. Well, do you think we should wait? Maybe. I mean, do you hear something? Oh, kinda. Wait, it sounds really familiar, but I, I can't place it. Oh, my. I think I know. Oh, are you kidding me? That sound can only mean... Greetings, salutations, welcome, bienvenido, Susan G. Welcome to one and all. Tis I, Reginald Fastidious III, the world's greatest one-man Shakespearean Bible story reenactor and part-time tableside guacamole. Maker at Poncho and Lefty's Cantina, LLC Worldwide. Reginald! Hello, hello, hello. I cannot believe you're here. I am oddly kind of excited. I know. I mean, you get such a bad rap, and people often give you such a hard time. But after another hard year, I have to say, you are one of my favorite parts of Christmas. Thank you, my dear sweet Henry. No, it's Kinley. Ah, do forgive me, Carrie. It has been a year upon the cancellation of my one-man ten leopard tour of the lower United States due to the rampant spread of the Delta, 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 can I help you, help you, help you, variant of COVID-19. I copy DMC's the day. I journeyed all the way to my sister's house in Tucson, where I single-handedly led the most prosperous archaeological expedition of these modern days, and I am here to astound and astonish. And admonish one and all with the remarkable discovery that I made. Oh, a discovery? That sounds exciting. But we are committed to telling the Christmas story here today, Reginald. Yes, and what could you have possibly picked up in Arizona that would help us? I am both honored and unfettered by your asking. In our dinner plate tectonic-sized archaeological digs, the glorious details of a previously unknown and undiscovered biblical text have revolutionized the way that we approach this Christmas story, and I shall share it with you and my adoring fans thusly. 
And due to my advanced training as a biblical linguist, I have personally translated these words from their original Dutch. Wait, Reginald, I don't think Dutch is a biblical language. Oh, my dear Candlewick, you keep that fire of curiosity burning, or as we like to say in my home country, lots of gondolanda branded Van Dijk. Oh no, Kinley, what are we going to do? May I commence thusly? Wait, does he have his own sound effects? Buckle up, dear Kenzie. Every herder in Bethlehem liked Jesus a lot, but the Roman high north of Judea did not. He hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season, but do not ask why no one quite knows the reason. It could have been that his head wasn't screwed on just right, or perhaps that his gladiator-style boots fit too tight. One could deduce that the most likely reason of all was indeed that his heart was two sizes too small. Reginald, there is no way that this is ancient text. Uh, yeah. That's just a slightly edited version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. What? Someone has stoleth Christmas? Not on my watch. No, no. No one stole Christmas. It's just, uh... I have got it here in the nick of time, and it is up to me and my newfound nativity narrative to save this day. Thanks to these precious words, previously only pronounced by first century church historian Theodore Geisel. Theodore Geisel is literally the real name of Dr. Seuss. You know, the children's writer? So he wanted thou to think. And now, for these words from my sponsor, please welcome my lovely boy and sister. R-E-G-G-I-E Merry, Merry Christmas The season is upon us From our hearts to yours To the world with great warmth We love Jesus and you Thank you, my dear sister And my history lesson Furthered by my glorious archaeological finds Shall commence People will know that wasn't his sister, right? Just him disguising his voice? Uh, I'm sure. When what to my excavating eyes did appear, three tiny clay pots and a small rearview mirror, I sprung from the hole dirt surrounding my brow, my entire team shouting, what did he find now? With relics so old they must be from yore, I shouted, look here, Christmas must mean a bit more. Wait, wait, wait. He's just reading an oddly rewritten version of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Yes, we call that Christmas Eve. Not to be confused with Christmas Adam, which is actually two days before Christmas. Quite punctual, that fellow was. Sundials, no clocks, and we commence. Reginald, you can't be serious. We've literally talked nothing about the actual Christmas story. No angels, no young holy couple in distress, no shepherds, no wise men, and no precious gift from God. I was only just about to get to that glorious part. Okay, but do hurry, because we're running out of time. Oh, hurry? Hurry, did you say? Then hurry, I must. Oh, the part where Gabriel came to the girl and said that a son would change the new world. Then the baby was born on a cold stable floor in the town of King David from yesterday York. And the shepherds were told by an angelic bird brought whole lot of sheep to see what had occurred. And the baby was told was in swaddling clothes. No crying he made so the cattle doth go. And the world spread about him so that we could all show... Oh, the wonderful gift of Christ Jesus! 
Oh, wow. Um, thank you, Reginald. While I love your good man, Charlie Brown. Do you? I played Snoopy in Summer oh. Stock. And Peter Rabbit is a great story. There's so much more to the gospel. Kinley, I think that we might need to unpack this a bit more after Reginald leaves. Yeah, we definitely have some bows to tie. Bows, you say? Why, I'll be down at the Cool Springs Galleria at the gift wrapping station today. Wrapping gifts? How kind oh, of you. Oh, dear Kenny G. Not wrapping gifts, but wrapping rhymes. And on that note, uh, thank you so much. Audience, stay tuned. All right, Reginald. Okay. All right. See ya. Great job. Pip the Pineapple here to give you some breaking news. At Rolling Hills, we have approximately 6,000 Christmas Eve services starting the day after Thanksgiving. Wait, no, hang on. I'm getting a note from legal. There's not that many. There's, We'll be having 18 in-person services at all four of our campuses starting on December the 23rd. For those keeping track at home, that's Christmas Eve Eve, not to be confused with Christmas Eve Eve Eve. There will also be six online services, and we'll be on NBC. Childcare is available for zero to three-year-olds at all in-person services, and I've heard they're going to be handing out fudge sickles. Wait, another note from legal? Just goldfish. Got it? They'll be giving out goldfish crackers. Anyone aged four and up is encouraged to join us in the auditoriums for our in-person worship. Just watch out for those candles. That hot wax will get you. For more information about all of our in-person and online worship services for Christmas, you can go to rollinghills.church backslash Christmas. Woohoo! Not backslash Hanukkah. We don't have anything for that. Thanks for listening. Now back to the story. Anna, Reginald was a lot of fun, but I really think we need to get back to basics and tell the actual Christmas story. I would agree. So, here is a reading of the Christmas story from one of our favorite Bibles, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Here we go. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people, just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down. Seas would have roared. Trees would have clapped their hands. But the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking, in the darkness, he came. Thanks, Anna. And then there was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. 
the God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around, the God who made the universe with just a word, the one who could do anything at all, was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found that every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away! There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon, Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old, tumble-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows and the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. We will name him Jesus, Emmanuel. God has come to live with us. Because, of course, he had. That same night, in amongst the other stars, suddenly a bright new star appeared. Of all the stars in the dark, vaulted heavens, this one shone clearer. It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it there when His baby son was born, to be like a spotlight, shining on Him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to Him. You see, God was like a new daddy. He couldn't keep the good news to Himself. He'd been waiting all those long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. So he pulled out all the stops. He'd send an angel to tell Mary the good news. He'd put a special star in the sky to show them where his boy was. And now he was going to send a big choir of angels to sing his happy birthday song to the world. He's here. He's come. Go and see him, my little boy. Now, where would you send your splendid choir? To a big concert hall, maybe? Or a palace, perhaps? God sent his to a little hillside outside of a little town in the middle of the night. He sent all those angels to sing for a raggedy old bunch of shepherds watching their sheep outside of Bethlehem. I'm a raggedy shepherd. And I'm a scruffy shepherd. We takes care of the sheep. In those days, remember, people used to laugh at shepherds and say that they were smelly and call them other rude names. You see, people thought shepherds were nobodies, just scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought shepherds were very important indeed, because they're the ones he chose to tell the good news to first. That night, some shepherds were out in the open fields, warming themselves by a campfire, when suddenly the sheep darted. They were frightened by something. The olive trees rustled. What was it? A wing beat? Oh, I want to tell this part of the story. 
They turned around. Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light, blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone everywhere. Today, in David's town, in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He's sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel, they saw a strange glowing cloud, except it wasn't a cloud. It was angels, troops and troops of angels armed with light, and they were singing a beautiful song. Glory to God in the highest, and and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Hooray! Then as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. The shepherds stomped out their fire, left their sheep, raced down the grassy hill, through the gates of Bethlehem, down the narrow cobble streets, through a courtyard, down some step, step, steps, past an inn, round a corner, through the hedge, until at last they reached a tumble-down stable. They caught their breath, then quietly they tiptoed inside. They knelt on the dirt floor. They had heard about this promised child, and now he was here, heaven's son, the maker of the stars, a baby sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like that bright star shining in the sky that night, a light to light up the whole world, chasing away darkness, helping people to see. And the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. And a little while later, some other visitors came to see Jesus. Far away in the east, three clever men saw the very same star, the star that God had put in the sky when Jesus was born. They knew it was a sign. A baby king had been born. They had been waiting for this star. They knew it would come. He is here! And I'm sure if you'd been there, you would have heard them laughing and dancing and singing until the sun came up. At dawn, they packed their camels and wrapped gifts for the baby. They brought their most precious treasures of all, I brought frankincense, I brought myrrh, and I I brought gold. Frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Special, sparkly, lovely-smelling, gleaming things, just right for a king. The three wise men, actually if you'd met them, you would have thought that they were kings because they were so rich and clever and important-looking, set off on their trip. They rode their camels across endless deserts, up steep, steep mountains, down into the deep, deep valleys, through raging rivers, over grassy plains, night and day, day and night, for hours that turned into days, that turned into weeks, that turned into months and months, until at last they reached Jerusalem. Jerusalem was by far the most important city for miles around, and as anyone can tell you, that's where a palace would be, and kings are born in palaces. So that's where they went. But they were in for a surprise. They went to see King Herod. Surely he'd know where the baby was, but he didn't. In fact, he didn't like the sound of a new king. It made him cross. He didn't want anyone to be king except him. But Herod's advisors told the three wise men what was written in their books, what God had said about the baby king. Go to Bethlehem. That is where you will find him. Suddenly, the star they had seen in the east started moving again, showing them the way. So the three wise men followed the star out of the big city, along the road, into the little town of Bethlehem. They followed the star through the streets of Bethlehem, out of the nice part of town, 
through the not-so-nice part of town into the really not-nice-at-all part of town down a little dirt track until it stopped right over a little house. But wait, it wasn't a palace, and there weren't any guards or servants or flags or red carpets or trumpets or anything. Did they get it wrong, or was this what God meant all along? Sure enough, in that little house, there sitting on his mother's knee, they found him, the baby king. The three men knelt before the little king. They took off their rich royal turbans and gleaming golden crowns. They bowed their noble heads to the ground and gave him their sparkling treasures. The journey that had begun so many centuries before had led three wise men here, to a little town, to a little house, to a little child to the king God had promised David all those years before. But this child was a new kind of king. Though he was the prince of heaven, he had become poor. Though he was the mighty God, he had become a helpless baby. This king hadn't come to be the boss. He had come to be a servant. Wow, I just love that story. Jesus came to earth to be with us. Yeah, he sure did. Kids, we hope you have enjoyed listening to one of the best stories ever told. And grown-ups, we hope you did too. Merry Christmas, friends! We love you! We love you guys! Thank you for joining us for this special edition of our Making History Parenting Podcast. We really hope and pray that this Christmas season is the best. We are really praying that Jesus will be the center of your Christmas season. Thanks so much.